We've been waiting for this. We've been waiting for this for seven years. Finally, President Nanado Dankwa Kufuado delivered a major reshuffle, a shake-up to his government. And the big question tonight is, is it too little, too late? After all, we only have 10 months to go. What difference will this make? Well, that's the conversation we're going to have tonight. But a few big themes emerging from that reshuffle. If you're just sitting down after work and wondering what has happened, I'm pretty sure you've heard that the president reshuffled his government today. So let's summarize what we're learning from that reshuffle for you. The first thing we, we notice is that 19 ministers and deputies have lost your jobs. They've been sacked, relieved of their positions. In fact, those were the words used by the presidency in that statement that was issued today, relieved of their position with immediate effect. 19 of them. 16 ministers and their deputies, who we now know uh, are MPs who've now been sacked. And that is important. So MPs, as you know, the constitution says that the president must select majority of his ministers from parliament. 15 of them, 15 of them, uh, the ministers and their deputies who are sitting members of parliament have been sacked. They're no longer part of Akufado's government. And that, that for us is important. And you begin to learn later why many of them lost their primaries and so they are gone. What's the link between losing your primary and staying in Akufado's government? I'll ask my panelists when they join me for a conversation. And there are six ministers and deputies that have been reassigned. They've been reassigned, meaning they've been moved from one ministry to the next. Some of them will require vetting, others will not. But I'm also interested in what happens to the female versus male dynamic in this particular reshuffle. And as we know, five female appointees is what we have currently. We'll tell you what this means if you compare this reshuffle to what Akufado used to have before this morning. So, some of the big themes emerging. That's what you have there on your screen. And then, of course, I'm pretty sure you've noticed that this year's election, election season is uh, one of the key subjects that will dominate it. It's a subject around who can run the leanest government. And it's almost right now a contest between John Mahama and Dr. Maud Baumia, who is the current vice president. And as you expected in politics, John Mahama went first and says he can run a government with 60 ministers. Then, of course, you expected the vice president to come back pretty strongly on that. Can he do better? And then he tells us a week ago today that he would do not more than 50. So we wanted to track back to see president himself, what has been his record on the matter. And as you know, historically, nobody has appointed more ministers than this current president. If you go back to when he first took office, he had 126 ministers. That was criticized as the elephant-sized government. And then he brought it down to second term to 86. Now, the thing about what has just happened, the reshuffle is, he maintains that number. And this he's done despite the clamor for a significant reduction in the size of government, considering where the economy is currently. Civil society had made the demands. We also heard from even the clergy and organized labor. Very loud calls for the number of ministers to be reduced, trim it. The president today, in essence, telling us that he believes maintaining the number is the right call. Except that when you do a contrast of what his position is on the subject, and considering that just last week, the man who is going to take after him is telling us that he's going to do 50, you begin to wonder whether this positioning of his is possibly doing a bit more damage to him. And the MDC have been very careful to exploit this, and you're making a big deal of it today. That is politics. And so that's one of the key things that uh, big headlines from today. The president not changing his size of government, keeping the ministers as 86, despite all the clamor that we've seen over the period. A few other things that, again, came up is the in and the outs. And then the biggest name today, the biggest name to lose his job is Keno Freyata, who is the finance minister. Yes, Keno Freyata is no longer the finance minister. And it is an unprecedented scenario almost two years ago when members of parliament on the majority side addressed a press conference asking that the president removes him from office. Why? Because of where the economy was at the time and where it's been since then. The president stood his ground and nobody 
was sure what, what was going to happen. I was pretty confident that he was not going to be sacked. But it happened, finally, with 10 months to go. How much of a difference will that make? But you have to answer that question, considering who has been appointed to replace him. This gentleman here, Mohammed Amin Adam, is known to be absolutely competent. He, he really made his name as, he, as, as an energy analyst running the Africa Center for Energy Policy. And he is a stalwart in the party. He's really paid his dues right from the grassroots political uh, politicking all the way to where he is right now. Until now, Mohammed Amin Adam was Kenofriata's uh, minister. In fact, he was a minister of state at the finance ministry. He is taking over, bringing some gravitas to this and fresh ideas to an economy that is really struggling. And then, of course, you have the health minister who has also been sacked tonight. Um, who you know had many controversies around his name. Uh, oh boy, is taking over. You have Ambrose Derry, the Interior Minister, also sacked, replaced by a man, again, who used to be his deputy, Henry Corte, who is a Greater Crow Regional Minister, until this morning. Kujo Opon Krumah, who was on this show, I believe, on, uh, on, on Monday, again comes in. Information Minister is gone. Not sacked, reassigned. I'll tell you where he's going pretty shortly. We have Fatima Tabubakar, whose deputy has been elevated. Another thing uh, emerging is the president is trusting the deputies. He's trusting the deputies to do the job after understanding their bosses were the peril. Another thing emerging is that environment minister is gone, replaced by Ophelia Mensah Hayford, a new face indeed. You remember his, the tragic story of when his, the husband died, took over, won the primary, won the national elections, uh, and now being rewarded with an environment minister. Rhodes, Minister, another big name gone today is uh, Kwesi Makwata gone. Francis Sensobwache takes over. You remember, he is uh, used to be at Wexen Housing. He is now replacing uh, the Kwesi Makwata. And now you have Wexen Housing Minister now, substantively as him. Kujo Ponkruma is in there now uh, because Asenso is gone as Wexen Housing Minister. Kujo Ponkruma comes in from information to Wexen Housing. What a difference there from information to go to Wexen Housing and see if how he handles that gender ministry uh of course larry babudu again lost her primary and lost the ministry opposition also guess who comes in dakwa newman comes in another new face in there coming in dan Butre is gone too from the local government ministry matije misakosa comes in former director of elections of the mpp we have frida pempe lost the primary being sacked today by the president lydia sarah has another interesting story also lost a husband in the Ayawaso West Wagon area, the constituency there now comes in rewarded handsomely with a sanitation minister. That position made pretty famous, not infamous, by Cecilia Dapa. Tourism minister now is Andre Japamesa, who used to be the deputy energy minister. Quite a leap there. Uh, and then you have, of course, Ibrahim Mohammed Awal, disappointed. Greater Accra Regional Minister Henry Quarty, no more there. His position is taken by Titus Glover. And you have Oti Regional Minister uh, also now not there. Daniel Muchato is going to take over. A few of the big uh, topics coming in. The gender question. Akufado is, uh, has, has now created a situation where there's one shot. He had 16 before the reshuffle. After the reshuffle, they had 15 of them. So one shot now. The gender advocates may raise questions about that if they may. And then you look at the subject of the deputy ministers also going and and you look at the story of the primary right the, the primary that was held in the mpp all these names here lost the primary and they are all gone they are deputy ministers lost the primary you lose your job what what's the correlation there and I, I think that is very interesting uh, and you see a, f a few more of them uh, who have who are gone tonight as a result of i believe um the fact that uh, they lost your primary there and bringing in people who won their primaries and they're very very strong in there and then of course Vincent Akwasefwa is a man who used to speak for the education ministry he's in there now substantively um, as a local government minister as a deputy in there and now you see the story about the new faces coming in Dakwa Newman, Lydia Hassan, Ophelia Hayford uh, all coming in pretty strongly and Vincent Akwasefwa, Titus Glover, Sylvester Tete is an interesting one he is a backer of Alan Chamanteng but switched very quickly and declared his support for Baumia. And a key element we are watching tonight is the individuals who have been appointed, are they loyalists of, uh, of Baumia? Do they owe allegiance? Do they show allegiance to him? Uh, are they staunch loyalists of his? And one of the things we begin to see is that at least in the, in the finance minister's position, which is very, very key, that man there, Mohammed Amin Adam, 
loves Baumia. In fact, they are pretty close, and it is his man in that position. We all know the tension that existed between Ken Ofriata and Dr. Baumia in, in cabinet meetings, from what we learn, and also in the uh, economic management uh, meeting that Baumia chairs. That is out of the window. And that, for me, is possibly the most significant signal yet that he's beginning to possibly have a bit more sway in convincing the president to do his bidding, putting his man as finance minister. So that's key. And of course, you have the reassigned minister, Kujo Pankrumah, is gone now to another ministry. Now, one of the key things that I, I really want to emphasize before we go is a number of ministers appointed from the Ashanti region. And we all know this year, Ashanti region is going to be key for the MPP. And you see four of the ministers today who are holding on to their jobs and have been reshuffled of ministers that were sacked come from the Ashanti region. What does that tell us? You can read any meaning into that as you may. My guests are joining me, and I'm delighted really because I'll be speaking to uh, Kojo Pieni. Kojo Pieni used to be a, a, a former chief of staff under uh, President Kufo, and he joins me for a conversation uh, tonight. I want to pick his thoughts, especially getting to understand the thinking behind the reshuffle. He's one set on the show that he believes the reshuffle would have really served this government very well and the party too he's getting it now is it little too, too late too late also joining me tonight will be uh ophelia mensa one of the new faces coming in who will also be speaking to the former deputy information minister who currently is the uh is a substantive fatima Bakai, who is currently taking the information minister designate position we'll talk to the national organizer of the mpp uh nana Bwachi, who also join us and then of course uh, Dr. Uh, Professor Bafo Ejimendria who also joined as a former UN Governance Advisor. In fact, before I take my seat, I need to hear from him and also from uh, Kojo Pini, who is joining us. Mr. Pini, thank you for your time here on PM Express. Hello, Mr. Pini. Hello. Hi, great to have you join us on PM Express again. Always a delight to hear your thoughts. Um, you were on the show, I remember once, we were talking about this same subject, about changes, and you supervised a lot of reshuffles in your time. Give me your reaction to what has happened today after seven years where we've lacked a major reshuffle. To be honest with you, I really don't have any reaction to what has happened. That's the honest truth, because reshuffles are the prerogative of the president. He works with the ministers and the deputy ministers. And he should be able to determine who is working well and who is not working well. My only concern is, is it the right time to have this reshuffle? That's my only concern. Otherwise, it is a president's prerogative. He decides what he wants to do with his government. If he believes the changes will help him to achieve his Fine. If you go ahead and do that. But I am thinking eight months, eight months to an election without have any effect on the direction of government, I don't know. Maybe the president knows. Or maybe those within his circle know those within his circle know this. But to be honest, I think the timing is the problem. Otherwise, it is prerogative to do a reshuffle as it thinks fit. Hello, Mr. Pini. Yes. Well, what is wrong with the timing? You said that is the problem. What is wrong with it? You see, you have eight months to an election. Uh, some of these are new, completely new. Maybe you get them in place, maybe by the end of the month, for the middle of next month. How are they going to be able to learn what, know what is within the ministry, to enable them, maybe direct the ministry in a way maybe the president wants them to do now? That's the timing I'm talking about. When it says to a general election, what, I, what do you want to achieve? I don't know. This is the timing I'm talking about. I think it's too close to the election. And I don't believe uh, there will be. I, I don't. I don't believe they can. They, they can affect. There can be any any massive thing in the direction of the government at this stage. 
So you, you, for you, this is too little, too late. I, 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 I would say too little, but I think it's too late. Let's take the, the Minister of Finance. You have the budget, it's been approved by Parliament. You have an agreement with the IMF. Are you going to change the rules? You have agreed with the IMF. Are you now going to present the new budget? What really is the new minister going to do, which will be different from the one who is there now? If there is something like that, well, let's know. Otherwise, I find it difficult to understand why there should be a change at this time. One, the budget has been approved for the year. Two, we have gone into some sort of an agreement with IMF and we are supposed to go. So, let's are going to that agreement. So, what is the new member is that going to do? Or is going to bring new ideas? And it's going to bring in ideas. This is too late. After approving the budget and uh, getting to this agreement of the IMF, I don't know. Maybe uh, they, 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 know, they, may, they may have to tell us some of the reasons for these changes. And we'll get a bit of that, of the reasons, hopefully when we speak to the information minister designate or the national organizer who sometimes get to sit in cabinet. Uh, Mr. Penny, please stay with me. Professor Balfour, stay with me to Ophelia. Please stay with me. Uh, and then we'll return quickly and get your thoughts on, on this very important day for the president, considering that he's waited seven years to deliver this major shakeup. Always brought to you by Syntex Tanks. It is also brought to you by uh, Alomo Bitter's Ghana AIDS Commission and Pepsodent. And as you know, that Pepsodent is the uh, best for you, but also Syntex tanks. And I always recommend that to you because they have the double uh, layer tanks and they are across the country. They have seven years warranty. Nobody else has that. But also bring you the tanks bespoke, color, size, choose. They'll bring it to you. You can call them on 0244-335-168 or shop online at SyntexGH.com. A strong, a tough Pepsodent uh, is a Pepsodent uh, that uh, cavity fighter and is uh, fortified with full pro-fluoride and micro-calcium ingredients, uh, sealing tiny and invisible holes in your teeth. Now, this prevents cavities, keeps your teeth strong and mouth healthy. Pepsodent cavity comes in various sizes, 175G, big family pack. You also have the 12G. But the fundamental point you need to notice about the Pepsodent is that you can always get what you can afford at any time. Pepsodent, every smile matters. My guest uh, joining me for PM Express tonight uh, is Ophelia Mensah-Hayford, a minister-designate environment and science technology and MP4 in Fantiman. Uh, Herida Nabwache joins us also as the national organizer, Fatima Tabubakar, is now the information minister-designate, and Professor Bafoy-Jimendria, former governance advisor. And you, before we went for the break, you heard from the former chief of staff. He served under... Former President John Kufo, could you appear uh, giving us his thoughts on this? And I want to go to the national organizer of the NPP pretty shortly now. Um, thank you for joining us, Nabuache. And so, can you help us appreciate, and I know yourself, the general secretary, the chairman, sometimes you get to sit in cabinet. Do we know why the president decided to do this now? Um, first of all, um, good evening, uh, Ivan. Um, I, I was listening to your program. Let me kindly make a comment um, on some few things uh, the respected former chief of staff said. Um, if I'm correct, he said that um, the reshuffle, the changes, is too late in the day, number one. And then he also was questioning the impact. Um, even respectfully, I would want to submit that uh, under 15 reshuffles, in fact, this is for me the most detailed and massive reshuffle we've seen under His Excellency Nanada Dampo's party. And again, the respected and revered former President Jayuku for six months to election, reshuffle from reshuffles. And Again, um, my very own uncle, former chief of staff, was then the chief of staff. Six months to elections, and we have a whole 11 months to, to elections. So I think that, um, first of all, let me commend His Excellency the President. The changes uh, for me were needed. 
and it is good if it is up in this particular time you recall that when we were having an annual transgiving service, the general secretary spoke the mind of the party. Uh, he articulated the views of the party by appealing to His Excellency the President to make some changes. And I'm happy with the changes. I mean, Fatima uh, to Abu Bakr is worked so well. Her elevation is very, very welcoming, very refreshing. Um, you have uh, my big sister, Nabu Ophelia, in your studios, and she's also worked very hard, and she deserves to be there. And there are some young faces, new energy, new ideas. Vincent of Upankono, very sharp guy. My own brother, very sharp guy. Very intelligent brain. And you know, it is a mix, it is a blend of the experienced new persons. And I think that it is good. It is going to give the administration some new energy um, and a new force. So I don't have any issue with it at all. And the party uh, welcomes this particular news. We are happy with these changes. And we commend the Excellency the President for such massive and broad reshuffle. Yeah, and you raised the reshuffle in, in 2008, but the contest is different, is it not? I mean, you know, the economic crisis we are in is unprecedented. The, we see where the, the suffering of the masses have been. We are under an IMF program. It is the reason why even within your own ranks, in Parliament, unprecedented again, MPs called for the finance minister to go. Within that context, this is coming too late. And you, you say the part of the reasons why this is good and has been done, you're bringing fresh blood, new thinking. But we need that new thinking more than a year ago. You know, I, I don't think that, I mean, this is um, the result or because we are in some sort of economic challenges, um, these changes are not welcoming. No, I don't think so at all. I mean, we've had former presidents. Uh, Mahama joined his time, he did some reshuffle, and for me, I keep saying that the economic situation then, even though we do not have COVID, we do not have uh, Russia-Ukraine war, where you are in a crisis. I mean, this time around, for me, for the figures, is much better than even for my president. But yes, he did some reshuffle during his time, so it cannot be said that because we have some economic challenges, the, the impression is that we should not undertake any reshuffle. I don't think so. Um, for me, if you look at Honorable Amin Anta, he's been part of the system. Um, he's been deputy uh, energy minister before, and then even uh, in the beginning of this second time, he was also deputy energy minister. He was moved to finance ministry, and then he is now the substantive minister. He was the minister of state the finance ministry. So he's not new. He's been part of the IMF process. So I would, I would reject any argument from anybody uh, which will suggest that uh, because the finance minister is gone, he's not new. Napoleonanta is not new. And mm. quite apart from that, if you consider a case like my own uncle's place that is uh, uh, roads and highways, and uh, if Asensu, who is coming there, and Asensu is not new. I mean, he's, a deputy, he's been former deputy chief of staff. He's, okay. been, deputy, uh, he's been minister in charge of what, a thousand, and now he's been moved to roads and highways. So he's not new. So I think that for me, yes, again, if you consider somebody like um, Honorable Newman, Dokua um, Newman, um, who is now the new minister, substantive minister for, I mean, it's, very, very, very refreshing. I mean, mm. she is very articulate, very intelligent. Um, she represents women. She has this beautiful appearance, and I think it is good. Okay. So we need this kind of blend. So these are, we have some old, you know, people in the system, and then we have some new people coming on board. So it's fantastic. I mean, if you yeah. consider somebody okay. like 
Okay. Yeah, and 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 she she's she she's with us tonight, and I want to speak to her. And I'm watching. I'm grateful that you made time to Thank join me. And, and I noticed that you're going to a meeting. And like she mentioned that name, and let me go to her because she's one of the new faces, and we've known her as a uh, vice chair on the Defence and Interior Committee in Parliament. Uh, she came into the office as an MP under trying circumstances, and tonight she is a environment minister designate uh madam of thank you and congratulations are in order oh goodness me uh, we've lost her we'll try and bring her back but let me go to the other woman with us uh always delight when you have women join me on on pms because i don't get enough of them and so when i do i i need to give them you know first right of hearing and that there you have it that is the information minister designate and i'm delighted that you could join us uh, for, for this conversation with Fatima too. Good evening, Evans, and good evening to your distinguished panelists and your cherished viewers. And I'm also excited to join you this evening. And I must ask you, how does it feel to, to occupy the big chair now? You've been deputizing for a while now. Now the president says, I trust you, go and do it. I'm excited, but uh, I'm, t I'm taking it a day at a time. Uh, especially for me, because I've worked at the Ministry of Information since June 2021. I've had the benefit to deputize Honorable Kujopongkroma and gone through uh, some of the media support programs. Uh, I've gone through the ministry's itinerary under his leadership and the, the budgets and every key policy that government has taken in the second term at the information sector. We've done campaigns together, be it with the regional ministers or the minister's press briefing or with SIGA under the State of the Agency report. So we have set in motion a lot of interesting and beneficial government policies for the sector and the implementation is ongoing, uh, taking into consideration the 2024 budget that was passed last year. So we have a template, but I also understand the times that we are in, that we are in an election year, and especially towards the tail end of the president's tenure, a lot of the uh, good projects, infrastructural projects that were initiated by government are completed or near completion, and as you see, a lot of commissioning happening, like the Boteman Sports Complex. You see the University of Ghana Stadium, a lot of projects coming up. So I understand that it will be very important to increase advocacy and amplify and sell these projects to the Ghanaians. Yeah, I mean, let me ask that question that has been thrown up today, because you obviously are in, in February, it's almost gone. You have less than 10 months to go now. All the things that you said now that you plan to do, do you have enough time to, to execute them before the elections? Absolutely, we do. Uh, first of all, I, I, I don't have questions with timing, especially because uh, if you look at uh, the 1992 Constitution under Article 58 uh, Plus 1, of the Constitution, it vests all executive authority in the President of the Republic. And over the years, at the pleasure of uh, the presidents that we've served in successive governments, it can be two days to elections. Uh, we've had times where appointments have been made, even after the person's tenure and before handover. So if at any point in time the president deems it necessary uh, to make such appointments, or even change people per the constitution um, stipulates. He doesn't even need to give reasons why certain people are removed or some changes are made. But in our peculiar situation at the Ministry of Information, let me remind you that Honorable like Tete or Sylvester, as you will call him, he has been the vice chair of the Communications Committee in Parliament whilst I was serving as deputy minister. And we've collaborated with the committee so well, you would realize that across the aisle when we have uh, programs at the Ministry of Information, across the political divide, they all attend, participate, and make their inputs. So we are not new to this. I believe with our collective effort and further 
consultation and engagement with the information sector stakeholders, we will be able to okay. achieve so much okay. uh, within the resources. Stay with me, as I, I hope to hear from uh, the Ophelia there. But I want to bring in Professor Balfour Jumandia. Prof, I've heard you today uh, on this particular subject. I want to take you back to uh, uh, the former chief of staff, Kujupin, who, by the way, is still with me. I'll bring, I'll, come, I'll bring him back into the conversation pretty shortly. But give me your thoughts on, on what he said there. Possibly one of the most experienced chief of staff we've had in the Fourth Republic, uh, telling us that uh, he doesn't see how much of a difference uh, this change will have on the government itself, but also the chances in the December elections. But then you have one of the appointees tell us that they, they, they have time. She has time on her hands to, to make the change. Where do you stand on that question? Well, thanks, uh, Evans, for having me. Um, yeah, listening to the former chief of staff, he made two important points. First, he kept referring to the prerogative of the president to do what he wants to do, in this case, making the appointments or shuffling government. And I think the last speaker also made a reference to that, putting the constitution, giving all executive powers to the president, so the president can even appoint a day to his departure. Technically, these are true. But you see, if you are talking governance, you don't push that argument too much. Otherwise, you force the president to abdicate an important responsibility of a president. You don't become a president for yourself. You become a president for the people. So public sentiments are critical in the decision-making of governments. In the U.S., you can recall that regularly there are polls by different organizations testing the public polls on different matters that the president ought to know. Unfortunately, we don't have that kind of system here. But at least today, through the media, social media and other kinds of means, and the multiplicity of radio stations, we tend to get public sentiments on issue. So on this particular point, whilst I respect the fact that the president has prerogative when to do this, when not to do that. I'm also bringing in the important fact of a president being responsive to public sentiment. Otherwise, governance gets slackened. Okay? So uh, in this particular case, it's true for me, it could be late in the context of uh, what has happened previously. In fact, when public sentiments were high, including a faction of the party in parliament, Having that press conference, something unprecedented in our political uh, processes. I think that was a time, perhaps, yeah. if the president had taken that decision, we have gotten an applause from all sides. But this announcement today, from what I gather, there's no applause for that. A lot of people are dismissing it only because we are saying the time. Not that eight months is not enough for the newly appointed to do their work. But the time that public sentiments was high, the expectation was high, the public was disappointed by the president. For me, that's a crucial point uh, to, to stress. Mm, and, and I want to bring back the former chief of staff into the conversation on that. Uh, Mr. Kojopini, do you agree with that, that the, the public sentiments around this is possibly may, if we don't manage it properly, hurt. Because the, the NDC, this government, it's, it's going to use its record to assist the party run and prosecute an election, right? Will, will this hurt the party? I, 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 to be honest, I can't give a fair view on that. Okay. Whether it's going to help the party or not. But let me correct something the gentleman who spoke to the, the, the national the national organizer of the MPP. The national organizer was referring me to what happened in 2008. There were two different uh, uh, circumstances. Some members of the government decided to go and contest to become the leader of the of, of, of the party and therefore the presidential candidate. About seven or so of our members. So the president said, I can't keep you in the government while you are going around campaigning to become leader of the party. So leave your position. And of course, when they leave, the president will have had to appoint people to take their places. That you don't, don't want to compare that to what is happening now. That was circumstances of the day because those ministers 
decided to go and contest to become leader of the party. And that's why you can't leave them in the, in the government because government must go on and you can't spend your time outside government uh, seeking your own uh, ambition while you leave the work of government aside. So this is what happened. So in comparison, I don't think it's right. Uh, you see, I'm, I, 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 I seem to agree with Professor uh, uh, Ajimek, yeah. You know, I'm talking about the timing, and please, they shouldn't confuse that with the, the competence of the people who have been appointed. Like I heard somebody talk about the people being competent and what. No, not at all. I know a few of them, for example, the Minister for... Uh, I've known him for quite a long time, such a competent individual, and one of the very bright people in the party, who I believe may go very far, but I'm not talking about his competence, no, I'm talking about timing, the time of the appointment. Mm. So I look at the, the, the gentleman who's been appointed, the uh, health minister from afar. And I follow him and I remember that he's also one of the competent people in the party. appointed, if for example he were appointed a minister of health about 24 minutes ago, then I would call you come with some ideas, change what is happening in the, in the ministry. But nine months of it, actually it's not nine months, eight months, we are almost at the end of, uh, we are in the middle of February, by before the uh, parliament approves of that, that is it by the end of February. You go into the, the he for that, I take the service. For example, looking that I had seen that ministry before. But if he had never been in that ministry, after how long is it going to take him to, to understand what goes on in the ministry before he takes the leadership of the ministry? This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. I'm not saying anybody is competent or not competent. But I believe if the president, if the president had done this far and maybe, maybe there will have been some difference in the line of some of these ministries. If I take the, the lady was talking of infrastructure, is the gentleman who is been appointed for uh, is it going to come in with any new ideas? It's only going to follow up on what has happened. Unless we are being told that the person who is there currently is incapable of supervising the work they have started. If that's the reason, then fine. Take him. But if we just take for things sake, I don't think that is the best thing for government and the country. Um, Mr. Pierin, because you've been the former chief of staff before, this is an election year, so I need to ask you the question about what this change, this reshuffle, will mean for the party's electoral fortunes, election fortunes this year. Because, of, obviously, the president should be thinking and factoring in the possible political implications of the decision for Dr. Baumia and for the elections. I believe if you were in the chief of staff, and you, ha you, you had to make these changes, that would, have, that would have been something that you should be thinking about. What possibly could be the impact of this politically for the MPP on December 7, if at all? I, 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 uh, I don't believe it will make any, any, any such thing on the fortunes of the party. I, I don't really believe in that. Okay. I, 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 I don't think... This is why we initiate any, any new policies which will change the minds of people to enable us with that new ideas that we brought to the different ministries. I don't believe any of them need to do that. They are just going to follow up on what has already been established. Yeah, and, and you make an important point. I want to bring in Fatima too on that question, on that point there. Fatima too. He's right, is it not, that with eight months, less than, you know, ten months to go now, in essence, you cannot start any major policy 
uh, you know, intervention. You're largely going to be okay. running on what has already been implemented. Again, you've been the, the deputy already. Easy right, knowing what you know. Uh, Evans, let me reiterate my earlier position that in some cases, including mine, and for someone like Honorable Martin Ejemen Sakosa, mm -hmm. who was a deputy to Honorable Damboche since the time of the decentralization and regional reorganization to Ministry of Local Government to date, and Dr. Okoboe, who has been deputy minister at the Ministry of Health and gone to the NHIS and is now a Minister for Health designate, and myself. We have, since 2021, been integral part of the implementation and execution of the programs and projects. We are not new to this. We are not reinventing the wheel. Mm. We've been part of the execution. The elevation means something. Uh, it's, it's some further recognition, but the engagement with everybody, the implementation of whatever exists. We are not now going to acquaint ourselves with what is supposed to happen at the ministry. We are familiar with the civil service, with the agency heads, with other key stakeholders, CSOs, and we've been working with them already. So in those instances, I don't think a lot will change. Mm. The same programs that we've set in motion are what we are going to ensure we execute to the latter. But, 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 but isn't that where the problem is? Because where we are right now, we need something substantially different from what we've been used to. Uh, Evans, first of all, I, I mentioned to you that I think the earlier argument was on the fact that these are new people, they are now going through vetting, they are now going to acquaint themselves uh, at the places. And I mentioned to you that it, has, it is not always the case mm. because most of us have already been part of the execution. Mm. And some others have served in the respective parliamentary select committees relating to the ministries that they've been assigned to. So they are also quite familiar with the systems. You were talking about executing something different. And I don't think that uh, sufficiently describes what government seeks to do. We have a program in motion. We are under an IMF program. We've come up with the Ghana Cares programs. We are under a PCPEG program. The budget that is supposed to accompany government's program, which we are currently executing, has already been passed. We are doing something to add on to what is already existing progressively. It's not as if we are coming to change the plans. We are coming to change something else. That will not uh, properly fix the circumstances that we are in. Mm. But I'm giving you the assurances that we are going to execute with the best of our ability. Most of us are excited, young, and energetic. I think our energies and presence and passion for the work at this moment is very critical. So that all the projected indices uh, from the times that we are in, the recovery program that government has set in motion, and the necessary uh, communication and engagement that must accompany what is happening within government is what we are expected to do. Okay. And I want to bring in Professor Bafoy-Jubendria into another question. And then, Prof, we've had this conversation before on the show about economic times uh, imposing a need on this government, on the president, to trim its size of government, to cut costs and to reduce expenditure. Are you surprised to learn today when we saw the list that he maintains the list of ministers at 86? I was not surprised because I think our president, President Kufuado, uh, is not the type who scares the size of government. Bringing it up to 120 to start with, and after a lot of public uh, opposition to that, uh, he reduced it slightly until it came down to 86. And I don't think this was the time for him to drop it to 60 or 50, as some people are now suggesting. So that did not surprise me. But see, whenever we talk about the size of government, we tend to limit it to the number of ministers mm. or ministerial positions. Government is bigger than that, Evans. It's bigger than that. Look at state agencies across the country. 
Whether they are relevant, useful, or not, we do not know. We spend a lot of money on things that are not directly under ministerial positions. Look, the travel, travel costs of public officials out of this country, I wish we have a means to monitor and determine how much we spend on official travels. That will shock you how much we spend. Because when the president moves, he doesn't move alone. Hundreds of people follow him to all kinds of conferences. That's another source where there's a lot of wastage in our system. So please, when we're talking size of government, let us not limit it to the size of ministers. It's more than that. And again, uh, I haven't seen any effort on anybody's part to take that into consideration when we are talking government. We keep creating new things, funding them. It's the same little kitty that we have from the GRE that goes to fund this. So we end up borrowing to support ourselves. So we'll be an indebted nation. We should know why. The waste is simply too much. Mm, and the former chief of staff is still with me. Uh, Mr. Kojo Pioni, did you have any expectation that if, did you have any expectations that if a reshuffle should happen, it should necessarily produce a leaner government at this time? The waste is simply too much. Okay, uh, I believe we have some feedback yes. and a delay. We would fix that if... if. Uh, hello, Mr. Pini? Yes, I'm here. Yes, I can hear you now. Yeah. What, what was the question? I, I, I was asking you if you had any expectation coming into this reshuffle, knowing where we are as an economy, that if there was going to be a reshuffle, it should produce a leaner government. But the president chose to stay with 86 ministers. No, I, I, I wasn't surprised. I was, I was not... I was not in any way imagining that the, the number of, of, uh, of, of ministers appointees will be reduced. No. So I wasn't surprised about that. I was surprised about that. Is it because you know the president and you know he was not going to change or you thought it wasn't necessary to reduce the size of government? It's not a question of necessity. I know how many times haven't people spoken about this number from 3,000 and 2017, after this, that. So, uh, so, if President Reyes would care to change, I think he would have done that long ago. Mm. So, I, I wasn't expecting him to change. I know, I think, people may be thinking that this is something cosmetic. Just wanted to push something over the eyes of Ghanaian too. Let them believe that we well, after all now he's listening to them. So I wasn't, I didn't have any doubt uh, uh, about the number of, uh, of, of ministers. I, I don't think uh, okay. he was going to, to reduce the number. No, okay. I didn't have any. Yeah. Okay, and and the, to the information minister designate who is with us for a conversation also, um, Fatima, to that question. Um, considering that you've had the clergy, you've had civil society, uh, you've had organized labor, all say government reduce the size of ministers. So in doing so, reduce your size of government. This hasn't happened. Maintained it. Why though? That pitches you directly against organized labor. Okay, Evans, first of all, uh, over the period, if we say the president has not listened, I don't believe it's a reflection of what has happened over the period. Uh, you remember in 2017 when the president was sworn in office, uh, there were some critical sectors that needed immediate fixing. One of them was the challenges we had with lack of infrastructure in the inner cities and Zungus and the need for him to give special attention to it. Remember that within the fishery sector, we have only two fishing ports in the country. And it is through the effort and agency of the work that has been done in some of the ministries that now we have another fishing port in Elmina and another one at Jamestown. At the time, we had a country that, has, that had less than 50 working ambulances or about 50 working ambulances. He said we needed special development initiatives to work directly with the president's office to make sure uh, those critical provisions have been made. 
the time what i'm trying to say is that every time calls for the kind of action and leadership that has to be shown we had a railway sector yes some contracts have been signed but in terms of actual execution and implementation as we now have a railway bridge across the adomi bridge was something critical that had to be done yes there were complaints about the size of government but indeed the president of the republic listened that is why in 2021 the president dropped the number of ministers and deputy ministers by about 40. conversely let's even uh, put the current position aside i'm saying he has listened he has acted on it and it was a, a significant well, well, leap. but today he but has 86. Am, but i am saying that in an economic let, crisis let he had an opportunity yeah, with the reshuffle to reduce it even more. When, when the man replacing him, the vice president and leader of the party, says, I can do this with 50. And I am, I am telling you that, let me give you an example, which will even further clarify the position that I'm espousing. You remember the former president, John Dramani Maham. He served his actual term, I'm not talking about the unexpired term of Professor Mills between June and December of 2024, uh, 2012. I'm talking of his actual term between 2013, uh, January 7, to mm. 7 January 2017. He worked with more than 80 ministers at the time. He thought the work that he was supposed to do required that much. I don't think the number at the time is so different from now. But we were also in, in a crisis. But not, we not, not, as worse, crisis. not as worse as now. I am saying that we were in an energy crisis. Productivity was low. Over 800 uh, industries were collapsed. I am not saying it. There was a study by mm. ISE to that effect. The economy took a hit. The annual GDP growth... 2015 was about 2.2 percent. So, so that was then. And what, what about now? That's, that justifies the 86? I am saying that going forward, the vice president of the republic, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia, who is the flag bearer of the new patriotic party, has mentioned that, of course, we are in a recovery phase. We have to admit that the circumstances in 2022, as compared to what we have today, are not the same. Okay. And all indicators show that we are in a recovery phase. Okay. Looking at the recovery and development and the projected growth of the country, for instance, even some mm. macroeconomic indicators like inflation, mm. which is expected to average about 15% for 2024 and 8% for 2025. The vice president is saying when we get into safer waters, uh, by the as we have projected, he believes he can work with fifty okay. ministers. Well, I mean, and and, and 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 Fatima, too, I, I want to say again, congratulations. You just ran out of time on this. Um, we're going to be seeing more of you now that you're substantive. If I call Absolutely. you, I'm, I'm not sure you say. Well, I mean, uh, let's, let me check with my minister first. Now I call you, and you're talking to me. So yeah, congratulations again. Good to have you as a minister thank for information, you. substantively. Uh, also, thank you very much to. Kujo uh, who joined us with his knowledge, is a former chief of staff, and Professor Bafoy we had earlier, uh, the national organizer of the NPP also joined us. And I must say this, uh, John Lewis apologizes for a previous story incorrectly suggesting that Delta Capital, NDK, and NTHC are defunct, something that came up as a result of a uh, PAX sitting. Uh, today, uh, that apologies to, uh, to the to, to the uh, companies involved. Uh, the previous story incorrectly suggesting that Delta Capital, NDK, and NGC are defunct. And the rest.